Praise God. I know that's right. No matter how hard it gets. Thanks for calling home for me. We haven't finished yet. There's so much of life ahead. Hey y'all, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> hey y'all, hey y'all, hey. What up, what up, what up, good people? I'm so happy. Friends, I miss y'all faces. Well, come home. Ooh. There yeah. are solutions to problems. I know that's right. Solutions to the problem. Praise God. Oh, yes, I miss you guys so much. I will be home very soon. I'm in Florida for um, an insufferable amount of time, but okay. I'll be home soon. Praise God. I'll be home soon. But in the aways, how have you guys been? What's been going on? Maintenance check. Maintenance check. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. Check. I had to add a little flair. Yeah, no, I liked it. it. I, I was, like it was coming. I really wasn't black. mad at it. I enjoyed it actually. It made me smile. Okay. What other than I'm good. You look good today. Thank you. I changed your face from last week. Thank you. Come yeah. with the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I got two B12 shots shot in my wagon. Ooh. Last night. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was getting some butt shots, but mm-hmm. you know. How do you feel? Do you like? Feel it gave me a little bit of energy. I had okay. two workouts today with my trainer. Um, okay. So yeah, I feel good. Have you ever had a um? Have you ever? what? IV hydration? I haven't. Have okay. you? Okay, I have. What did they feel like? And it had some B twelve in it. I was cold, like because it, it's like saline going through your veins. Like I was like. How long does it last? Like I mean, how long do they, is the procedure? Um, it's, so it took 30 minutes. Like it was on the booking thing. It said like 15 minutes. So when it took longer, I was like, all right. <laughs> um, it took them a couple of times to stab my arm up cause I got little veins. Okay. Um, and that might've also contributed to how slow it was coming. Mm. Um, but yeah, you gotta wait for the whole bag to drain into you and they have like cocktails. That's scary, but they mix shit up to put through your veins. And one of the things they put in mind was like magnesium to help me sleep and like B12. Yeah. And so I don't really know that I could tell. I just know that I was tired. Okay. I was tired prior mm-hmm. to, and I was like, let me go try this bougie thing. I really had an attitude about the whole experience because I was putting my welfare in the hands of a bunch of, like, young, prissy white women. Okay. Um, Who's, like, uniforms was, like, the, the zip-up, asymmetric jogging jacket <laughs> and a legging and a trendy New Balance tennis shoe and an effortless makeup look that you could tell mm. was – custom not even custom policy mm. and i just don't ever want to be in that situation it. ever again in my life i get so, it so that was understand. interesting i might try to be tough shot but i'm i'm into i'm into the they're not really pre- what is it called they're medical spas because they're like did you get your b12 shot at a medical spa no i got an urgent care <laughs> what <laughs> I didn't know they did that. Y'all, y'all we went to stop. urgent care and Every, said everything ain't gotta be with the bougie folks. Listen, I'm you go down to the need. urgent care. I'm in urgent need of a B12 shot <laughs> right now. I'm about to. I've never heard of it. I need okay, it. well then, hey, now I know. Yeah, I'm gonna go ask sure. if they can do an IV hydration. Now, they don't for take me. they don't take insurance. It was three hundred and sixty dollars. But when you need it, you need it. Praise God. That's crazy. You make money to spend money, huh? Mm-hmm. What's up? That's crazy. And quick side note, since we're on this little health energy right now. Okay. If you guys mm-hmm. haven't already, get a blood type diet done. Okay. It is $150. Ooh. It will tell you what, you, what your body digests uh, simply and all the things. And it's really good to your overall health, overall gut health. I got one done, found out. Well, trigger warning. Okay. My, I'm, I'm, I'm B positive. That's my blood type. I cannot have chicken. And you've just been eating chicken all your life. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is 
Chicken always gave me a little rumble, but I figured it was like a little rumble. Like, you know, like just your, your stomach rumbles when you eat. Speaking of rumbles, continue. I can't have chicken, corn, wheat, <laughs> tomatoes. It was so many things on this list. And I was like, oh, I guess I understand. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, you think of overall healthy. It's like, this is healthy foods. Mm-hmm. Everybody can have it. Not mm-hmm. true. So, again, it'll be, if you guys are worried about your health, or just kind of think about your overall health. So, where did you get it. this done? I went to her name is Rochelle. It is at the Wellness Spa in College Park. If you guys have ever Wellness been to spa. Um, Milk and Honey or any of those, okay. those brunch spots that's near there. Yeah. Okay. It's called the Wellness Spa. Quick plug for her. And she's actually super kind. She was a Marine and all the things. So, mm-hmm. she kind of, and she also competed. And I'm about it's to compete. It's a black lady? Me. Huh? It's a black lady? I'm not sure. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> was very racially ambiguous. Got it. Um, but we're going to go with it. Very racially ambiguous. The, the, okay. The hair was swimming, but there was, okay. there was some body happening. I don't know. Okay. But she was cool. So, fun. are you pescatarian now? No, I eat, um, I, yeah, I can eat lamb. I can eat mm. beef. I can mm. eat, uh, I can't eat pork. Um, I cannot eat shellfish. Um, yeah, what's funny was. And we'll what be, is life anymore? We'll move on. No what's chicken, funny no was, the top meat on my list was lamb, and after that was rabbit. Have any of you guys ever had what? rabbit? I'm not that country. Have you guys had rabbit? No, before? and I'll just, the next thing out of my mouth was going to say, but I have country family who goes and gets the rabbit I have friends, off the street. I'm not eating Bugs Bunny. It's not happening for <laughs> me, but I know. The street, super, I mean the woods. But it's not happening for me. Mm. But, you know. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to get that done because yeah. I don't know. I've been talking to you, been talking to Sam about my skin journey. And I will say, just for transparency purposes, because everybody is human, you know, I've been plant-based and pescatarian for some time. It hasn't been working for me. (laughs) It hasn't been working for me. I've been having a hard time getting food that I like, food that Mm. consistently works well for me. And even with vegan food, like sometimes what they put together doesn't sit well with my stomach. Um, Probably a lot of soy. Probably a lot of soy. I don't be reading shit. So that's also my problem. Um, But I recently started back eating chicken. Um, and I decided that I am going to get back on this vegan shit. I have to show you this filter on TikTok. The age filter, have you used it? I have not. We're going to have to. I think I saw your video. Ridiculous. That wasn't accurate. <laughs> it's no way. There's no way. Sims was literally fine. And she's like, what age is this? What? Yours literally look fine. It literally look fine. I'll Cut it out. Maybe we should do it and put it on the page. Yeah. yeah, we'll put it on yeah. the page. Um, but yeah, and so then I decided I was going to try back with clean eating. But before I do that, I'm going to get my rocks off by a few meals that I really love that had beef in it. I love. So I had a couple of burgers in the past couple of weeks. They did indeed sprout some pimples directly. (laughs) So, but I think before I just go like running around trying to get new food, I'll get this blood diet, um, Mm -hmm. test because it sounds smart. Like it makes sense. Work harder, not work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Sam put me onto this place to get tropical foods, and that's where I went. Not even tropical foods, but non-American foods um, to make this. I bought this cookbook. This black guy, I haven't tried it yet, so I can't tell y'all whether it's great or not, but he's RG vegan. I think he's in, he's always across the pond. Um, and he was just mixing together plantains, avocados, and sweet potatoes, and I was like, I love those things. Me too. So I'm going to buy this cookbook. I think it was like $13. It's called Plantain and Pounded Yam. And call me Nigerian because I was in there at mm. Namde Moon getting my life uh-uh. as a non-spicy black seeing shit I ain't never seen before. <laughs> as a non-spicy black. I ain't never seen half of this shit. Namde Moon is fantastic. I will say fantastic is strong because them red onions look spoiled, look like they had mold on them. We've seen those before in stores, though, I do believe. So that's the only Fair. dark spot that I saw, but it was so much produce, so many different things. There was, and it's called Nam de Moon, which sounds Asian to me. I could be lying. Mm. Um, there were a lot of Hispanic people working there, but they have different aisles. They also have like 
American food, but also I have like African cuisine, Asian cuisine, Caribbean cuisine. And so I was really excited in there. And I literally found everything I needed except for like two different items. I'm probably gonna have to get off Amazon, but Namde Moon was phenomenal. And I just, I don't know, I suggest everybody like find a farmer's market, an international farmer's market. And I'm probably saying this as people are just like, yeah, girl, we go to the farmer's market every Sunday. (laughs) But it was a really cool experience. Um, And I felt exposed. Now, (laughs) back to the rumble that you spoke of. Mm -hmm. I discovered that I developed an intolerance to eggs benedict. What's That's that? really Ooh. specific. That makes sense. Yo, what's it's it? like the the poached egg with hollandaise, hollandaise and it just oh, yeah. it comes on top of things. What? I have been eating it. Like I love it. Like I've been eating it, and I I am a smoked salmon girl. Give me some smoked salmon on top of some avocado because I don't eat cream cheese on a bagel, and I have it for breakfast. But lately, it's just like my taste buds have been like, girl, this isn't right. And so before Beyonce, I literally had. <laughs> I'm not gonna be dramatic. But I won't be dramatic or graphic, but I almost didn't make it to see Beyonce because my stomach was just like, we have to expel whatever this is out of you. Did I go see Beyonce? Absolutely. Did I take several trips to the bathroom? Yes. (laughs) Prior to. You got to do what you got to do. But I had some again yesterday and the same thing happened. Mm. So I looked it up and it's like the undercooked yolk and I can eat sushi. Like I said, I eat the smoked salmon, but now I'm just a lot more careful because I don't know. My body chemistry is just changing, and I can't eat that shit no more. I love that you're mindful of that, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even now, I, I took a trip to Philly this past day. I mean, yesterday, Sunday, to see my grandmother for her 94th birthday. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. And, thank you. And mm-hmm. it put to me, it put in perspective that life can be long if you don't take care of yourself. And mm-hmm. not saying that she didn't. I'm just thinking about how, like, if I'm, we think about, like, you know, you have a massive heart attack at 60 for bad diet, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying that's a good thing, but you're out of here. Mm-hmm. But, like, imagine mm-hmm. having the composition of somebody who should have a massive heart attack but doesn't and lives until you're 100. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, as I mm-hmm. think about my health now, I'm like, I don't want to be somewhere, like, crypt over, a bunch of pills a day, mm-hmm. can barely walk, can barely, like, move, my neck, mm-hmm. is, everything hurts. Like, I just don't want to be that person. Yeah. And it's like, I think I'm yeah. just encouraging everybody right now. I don't know, I don't know how we call this health kick. But, <laughs> like, you know, just, like, being mindful of your health. Like, even getting some workouts in. Um, I can recommend a boot camp I took today. This boot camp was so good. It was mm-hmm. a little intense, though. I'm not going to hold you. Like, you can stop as much as you want to stop, though. No one's policing okay. you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can Ooh, stop in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's at Effect Fitness. You probably see them on social media. They have the center box on the floor. Yeah, and they jump. It's really intense. Warning. But you can stop. I, once, I didn't go You can back. stop as much as you want to. And it's also very judgment-free. Like, it's okay. everybody okay. from, like, 18 until, like, 60 is in there. Okay. There's a lady who adopted me as my mom. Okay. And, and like, you know, <laughs> and then like we're just like, it was really, really good vibes. And it's according to you, your dumbbells are going to be what you can handle. Mm-hmm. But it's a really, really good class if you guys are thinking about getting well. But, okay. Yeah. All right. And that's how we're doing, by the way. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how are you, Sim? <laughs> <laughs> My maintenance check health edition is, (laughs) um, so many of you don't know this, but those of us in the room do know this. Um, Lene was my sister in pescatarianism. Mm. (laughs) And when she decided to make some changes, um, you know, there were some influences on me (laughs) that have kind of gone really crazy. (laughs) Um, I don't know what I am what I'm eating, it's just been a lot. And I do know that I'm like, I'm I'm due for a detox very mm-hmm. soon. So I'm going to do it up while I'm in Florida because, you know, grandma's in the thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
the cooking is is crazy at mm-hmm. this point, and I just got to do what I have to do. But when I get back to Georgia, I am planning to do a cleanse. Um, I am planning to incorporate some fasting, mm-hmm. uh, and I am planning to do a lot of just getting back to my routine because I'm noticing the changes in my body mm-hmm. to all of this stuff. My body is like, girl, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not okay food-wise. So, um... We're going to get back to that real soon. But other than that, um, Florida has been really cool, guys. It's Mm -hmm. been interesting because I'm used to having my space Mm -hmm. and being on my own and being able to get in my little loft and have my little tea and play my little lawn order and do my work. And now it's more like I'm having to, you know, interact and change my space and all of that. But it's been really cozy and nice. Like, um, everybody's been supportive. Um... But I just I just wanna go home. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanna go home because I love my home. It's just been a long it's just been a lot. Um, but I'm soaking up the sun and I'm making, you know, a lot of fun out of it. But um it's it's gonna be time for me to go home really mm-hmm. soon. So that's how I'm doing. That's, that's how I'm doing, y'all. Mm-hmm. I love that. To your detox point, this is the last health tip um before we get into our favorite <laughs> segment. I, black people, go ahead and get on kombucha. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do it. It's actually really good. And for someone like, like I said, my stomach just hasn't been like well. It's a really good reset and it helps to keep you clean and detoxified. And it's also helping like clear up my skin. Um, get into the kombucha. Go ahead and put you some flaxseed in, in some water or a smoothie. Just flush yourself out. These are not but white be things. Be careful. These are not white things, contrary to popular belief. So. I had my first kombucha like a week ago. I got it from Publix. I forgot what flavor it was. Did it was you good. like it? Was it, was it a good. pink lady? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm not sure. It was the, maybe the wrapper was like a reddish color. But it was good. It had like a little zing to it. I felt like I was drinking a soda. So I was, yeah. like, so I was cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little yeah. offended that both of you guys are giving clear skin teas oh. um, and leaving me in the dust. But it's no that's worries. Um, that's insane to me too. Looking um, at your face currently right now. That's insane to me too. My, and mind <laughs> you, my skin apparently wants to box. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? Real quick, it last health thing. <laughs> Like, I have my little gallon of water. If I go, like, two days without that gallon, the bumps have, like, a little huddle. And they're like, okay, he has, like, forgotten about us. Let's go jump him. Yeah. And, yeah. and so the big one comes first, always. The big, and it's on, like, my cheek or my forehead, mm-hmm. giving unicorn or, like, a little cheek bob. And it's going to come. And it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Like, full of the stuff. Like, yeah. everybody around me is eyeing it because they want to pop it. You see what I'm saying? One of those. <laughs> everybody wants to pop it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then you shower, it kind of pops on its own. Mm. That one. Then they bring it through mm. this homeboy by the chin area. They kind of kick and they playing mm. cards. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm going to drink some water tomorrow, guys. I okay. promise. Okay. But yeah, anyways. What's going right. on? Time for the favorite segment. What's yeah. happening? <laughs> it is time for, oh, I'm so excited about today's Niggas, niggas online. online. Okay. I'm really excited for today's Niggas Online. Okay. Because niggas have been online. <laughs> Niggas have been online in. Um, so let's start with the the least craziest one. Okay. I'll let you take it away, child. Me. Um oh, is I'm, it? I'm just <laughs> I'm just weak at seeing these two people on the same image. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, topic one says mm-hmm. Meek Mill says free Tory Lanes during his rolling loud performance. 
That's all I want to say. <laughs> That's good. That moment of silence. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> Leave Megan alone. Leave Megan alone. I saw her essence. Uh, she was amazing. Fantastic. She's doing yeah. this like kinky hair vibe. I saw, okay. So like good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is it? It's given. It is mm -hmm. cute. Yeah. I love her energy lately. She also did this pink little combo that mm -hmm. was so cute with her hair. She's mm -hmm. just doing her thing. Please yeah. leave her alone. Yeah. Um, and then the very first comment underneath it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. He wasn't trying to kill her. So what? So what? He shot the girl. Consequent. He shot the girl because he was mad. Consequences for actions. There was mad chaos going on that night. <laughs> Liquor was involved, botched witness statements. Fucking Kelsey, I think they did this man dirty. Time served, maybe a year in jail, probation, deportation, something up to 22 years is insane. Especially because she was back to twerking the next fucking week. So what? <laughs> I'm going to stop yelling at these people's establishment. <laughs> no, keep going, it's good. Something about this really don't sit right with me, mm. Inspector nigga. Ladies... <laughs> We are crazy too, and first of all, didn't even know this was a woman up until this point. Oh, it is a woman. Goodness gracious! Interesting, ladies. We are crazy too, and need to start realizing that we are not always right. Men, y'all need to stop playing in women's faces and be fucking for real. Wait, I'm confused about the men. Yeah, she lost me. So yeah. She Wait, what? Because she's trying to say that basically, like, men just need to be honest because this has to do with the fact that Megan was upset over Tori. Uh, I was about to call him Corey. Um, Tori cheating on her and whatever. That's what she's trying to say. I thought she was trying to save the statement. Whatever she, they had going on, Lord. Who cares? Um, mm -hmm. so, so why do you guys think he said it? Meek Mills? Was it to be a tagline? Was it attention seeking? They were singing. They were performing. Well, he was performing a song with Tory Lanez. And I don't know uh, if the liquor just got to him mm -hmm. and the fact that he don't really care for women also got to him and he was just like, yeah, free Tory. You know, that the moment just got it. That was it. I just don't know if, like, why is an interesting question because I don't think there is a why. Mm. I think. <sighs> is it toned it? Oh, we can't say that. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it just? Is it just aloof? Is it unaware? Aloof is a good word. Okay. I think, uh, but not without accountability. Mm. Um, because to be aloof, I guess it's just like in a state of obliviousness. Is there a layer of ignorance in the loop or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is a layer of ignorance. Um, but how is my question? I see McMill living under a rock. I do. Fair. Not in any type of, like, getting at him kind of way. I see him being very much to himself, like, Fair. living his life, making music, putting his music out there, whatever. Not really being exposed to a lot of things that would challenge his thinking or perspectives mm. or, um, you know, give context and nuance that would let him know that siding with Tory Lanez, number one, is a bad idea, <laughs> or that what Tory Lanez did. And I think this is interesting conversation, because the next tweet says, the hate Tory Lanez gets is so weird to me. Y'all ride for these convicted murderers like King Von, members of YSL, YFN. But someone that makes a drunk mistake is where the line gets crossed. And yes, I get that these crimes have different weights. <laughs> um, bless you. Thank you. These crimes have different weights and different 
different types of people were victimized to different extents with what this person is describing in the comment. But Tory Lanez really just kind of made a case worse for him over and over again by the way he literally antagonized Megan after the fact. By the way, he would not take accountability, would not just tell the truth about having shot her. Um, and so for all these reasons, there's not a lot of grace for him. And like, rightfully so. Whether what, The amount of time he gets in jail is literally on his head because he had every opportunity to take a guilty plea and get maybe a year probation, deportation, something. But he chose not to do that and doubled down on trying to shame and embarrass Megan. Um, so yeah, like I just think tying that back to Meek Mill's statement, um, I don't think he comes out from under his rock enough to know all of this and give any weight or seriousness to it. I actually agree. It's funny, when I think about Meek Mill's social understanding, I kind of equate it to like Lil Wayne's. I thought mm-hmm. Lil Wayne and him kind of very like stay out the way. I, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they were unaware of a lot. Of, and that mm-hmm. would be shady. I just really would not be surprised if they just mm-hmm. did not know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that plays a part. But also I think it's just a very interesting is this, is this, I guess my question is, is this cancelable or is this just like accountable energy that, hey, bad move? Or is it like, you're going to cancel him for a few weeks? I think, well, to what both of you guys are saying, it's not about being under a rock, but it's the same explanation. It's about being an echo chamber. And most rappers are echo chambers because they mm-hmm. have entourages. <laughs> most of these men talk about their living in a mansion with all of these different um, men around them who are usually from the hood, do not have the resources to be able to have the lifestyle that's surrounding themselves with these entertainers affords them. Um, we even seen it in the recent Tupac documentary. They spoke about how they lived in this huge mansion. Um, Tupac funded the whole thing and they were all just, you know, in there. When he said, wake up, they woke up. When he said, go to sleep, they went to sleep. When, they, when he said, be at the studio, they were at the studio. And so that's the culture of a lot of these rappers. So I feel like because you're an echo chamber and as we see in the comments, a lot of the people that have that same line of thinking, Tori didn't do nothing that bad. The story didn't really sit right with me anyway. Do we even know if Megan was telling the truth? You know, it was just her getting mad because her man was talking to somebody else. They're all saying a lot of them the same thing. And so it it isn't that they're out of touch. It isn't that they're aloof. They genuinely out loud proudly believe these things. And in the moment on stage, it felt like a safe space for him to further say something that he thought would get him applause. Yeah, I, 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 I'm always, I always found it very interesting when people, I think our parents used to do this, to be honest. Like, you would say, I don't feel where I'm sick or I got a cough or whatever, you stay home from school, and you walk. You walking? I yeah. thought you were sick. And I'm like, well, dang, I didn't say I, I, didn't say I was so like, ridiculous. Like, what are so we talking insane. about here, guys? I can't you even laugh. walk. Laugh? You're not I thought, sick you're no not more. Sick. Go back to this. And not even get up there and wash them dishes because you stayed home. Go do something. Like, <laughs> and so, like, oh, she was twerking a month later. Well, dang, he didn't shoot her face off, sweetheart. She can, she can manage a little body weight shift and make it happen. I think it's very interesting that we act like these one things are indicative of other things. Because mm-hmm. I think, and also the whole Olympics of like struggle, right? Like, well, there's other people have done this. It doesn't. It doesn't negate what's happening here. Mm-hmm. You know, whether other people have been held accountable or not, we're choosing to hold this person accountable. We're not going to let it happen anymore. We're not going to happen right now. We're not going to happen with this scenario. So this whole like, oh well, other people have as well, doesn't make this right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to your question about does this make this cancelable? Yeah, cancelable for me. Um, to the point earlier about me living under a rock, I feel like the same applies. And I don't know if cancel is even like something people are bringing towards 
meek right now. Like, we don't care. And I don't know how to say that nicely. Because I'm not even trying to be rude, but it's Meek Mill. Like, he do... He was already canceled, though. Um, he was already, like, out the way. I don't even... Like, yeah, he's just out the way. He's out the way. And so hearing this is just like, okay, more. That's going to be funny. I feel like if I saw Meek Mill in the street, I might do, like, a this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry, they can't see me. Might do, like, a... Do, you know what I'm saying? A I don't, piece. Yeah, like, I don't know. It just feels so, like, what up, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, you good, big dog? Everything cool? All right, well, you know. Opposed, like, the fandom energy is kind of just like, I don't even know what to say, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, be good, dog. I wouldn't keep, say a thing. Like, keep your head up, big bro. For sure. <laughs> Okay, what else we got going on? On to the next. On to the next. Oh, this one's your baby, one. Samantha. She, baby. That is. She in Puerto Rico, y'all. She's in Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Please. She, she. She in. Uh, she in. She in. I just want to take a what moment of say? silence for everybody who pronounces it Sheen. I don't understand how you did that. There are two words on she. that screen. She in. Oh, is it a play on she in? I I don't know. It might wow, be. That's She's really in. Clever, it might be. And okay. I, I'm, okay. Just hear me oh, out, everybody. It just got even more cheap. Because I remember a time where I was broke um, and in college. And I would look on websites to find things. And you would like find mm-hmm. a lot of the Asian websites. Mm-hmm that had clothes but like you had to go and check the reviews see if you actually get your stuff and they did a lot of like now style or she's cute so i definitely think you're mm-hmm. you're onto something with it like i think it's supposed to be mm-hmm. sure yeah um but there was a lot of those websites that didn't have reputable whatever so i think Shein was one of the first one who was like you could tell by the name it was one of those websites but it built a reputation um over time got it but let tell them what they did with that reputation, Sim, or how they built said reputation. So, for those of you guys, there's a lot of people confused right now. Um, just giving you giving you the context. Shein just called a Rico Rico charge um, last week, and um, a lot of people are like, "What? They selling drugs?" Mm-hmm. And no, you can catch a Rico charge by creating a business on the backs of just things that are are not right. Um, and just doing it too much and involving a bunch of people, usually a larger corporation size, um, and whatever you're doing that's illegal. So these people are stealing intellectual property from designers. And it the way that I first heard about it is that they started an actual campaign where they were telling designers, you know, send us your ideas and you can win a what? chance to be an official designer with Chin. Um, and so... People were sending in these ideas, and when they didn't win, it was like, you know, oh, man, I didn't win, but, you know, I'm going to still check to see who did win, because that's what you do when you lose that type of competition. Mm -hmm. And they were actually surprised to see that they're completely, like, to the T, like, not even adding a little fringe, Mm -hmm. not even, like, taking out a different color, like, to the T, their designs were being used and sold on the Shein website. And so... The first time that I saw this happen was maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And people were complaining about it. Um, people were trying to see if they could, like, trademark their designs. But if you know anything about trademarks, it is very, very difficult to trademark fashion because it's fashion. It's kind of like if you try to trademark denim, like mm-hmm. jeans. Like, you can't stop another company from creating jeans or T-shirts. So it becomes really, really difficult. And so what's happened now... Go ahead. 
I was thinking about this on my way here. <laughs> we be in our group text just acting foolish. Obio hates me, so it's always something he wants to start with me. Mm. And one day I put in a meme and he described my meme um, with the words inspired person there. And I was like, when inspired is shade. Wait, wait, what? Wait, what? what did I, I do? put in a little meme. You were being, you were being spicy. Okay. And I plopped in that meme of Regine saying toodles, putting okay. on her shades, wrapping her scarf right. with her little purse. Correct. Which is evidently and clearly inspired by a Gucci But bag. you called it a little purse. So who was being shady? You called it an inspired a little purse. purse. Inspired is shade. For sure, it's inspired. It by. is inspired, and I wanted to bring this up because I came in here today with my inspired Louis shades from Amazon and my inspired Balenciaga dupe earrings. Which is in, oh, the dupes I'm not, I'm not mad though. Those are that's a quality earring. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the shades, guys, so I can't vouch for them. Love, where are the shades? The, the shades are fine. But inspired by shades. and a dupe is two different things. It sounds like is it? Like I she, think we've just gentrified the concept of bootlegging. Like well. True, but Z- like a Zara, Zara has inspired by clothes. That's what, that's what they're here for. They get the latest collection and kind of create some pseudo version of it. Mm-hmm. Versus you go to New York, no offense, and you, <laughs> go, to, and you go down Canal, what is it, Canal Street? What's the street mm-hmm. in New York? It's Canal Street. And yes, you, and you find canal. fake bag, which is which is two different mm-hmm. things inspired by and a fake. Mm-hmm. Like these are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about to say the shades have been out for five minutes and he didn't say nothing about these shades. The shades are not. They're fake. <laughs> they don't got Loewe on the side. They don't have it on the side. Right, but they're inspired by. They're not fake. Fake would have been it's had you got them from Amazon and they had Loewe as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Shein thought. I'm, I'm assuming back to the Shein thing that <laughs> I'm going to rip off everybody, but I'm not going to put any like names. Mm-hmm. And this is it's just inspired by which we are inspired by somebody. Mm-hmm. But now they. But there's something to be said. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> I was gonna say, to be fair, we all know Pretty Little Thing, mm-hmm. Fashion Nova. You go on there Asos, and it's all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see everybody's designer things. The, sure. the issue with what Sheen has done differently is that they've actually taken from mm-hmm. actual designers, mm-hmm. and these are probably uh, designers who maybe haven't even like launched their thing yet, or it. maybe they're like small business entrepreneurs who are like really just out the mud they've been like taking these things and using it in ways that they know that these small business mm-hmm. owners and designers cannot profit or can't even like stand a chance um without even saying you know what i'm gonna give you a little percentage like what would that take away from them you know mm-hmm. so um Money. that's what i feel makes them different oh, yeah. yeah you're right <laughs> well, yeah. yeah and we've seen that especially black creators we've seen that a For lot sure. even with the fashion nova and fashion nova has been in many lawsuits i don't know how they still stand and i'm still getting like 88 dollar checks or 80 88 cents from my my piece of the lawsuit well you don't shop on fashion nova but from my days of shopping when i was oh, in college hey. i've literally gotten emails you were a part of this suit here's your check for 88 cents Whoa. Or if it's not a check, it's like a store credit or something that you can go and use. Nice. But oh, that's nice. Go ahead. Um, yeah, but I've seen a lot of black creators. One in particular, um, her name's Random and Chic. She did something. Um, you've probably seen it. She had a jacket that said ghetto until proven fashionable, like on the back. I have seen that jacket. Yeah. And that was her. And then you saw it in many places. Like those, those weren't hers. They were hers. Like, she did it first. And I think she wore it somewhere. But then you saw it, like, up on these websites, like, she and whatever, like, in many places. Because it was catchy. But, you know, no one just gave her her 
credit yeah. um, and also her money for it. But we've seen a lot of cr- black creators suffer from this. I've seen a lot of headlines about this design, that design. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. And I'm, this doesn't take any accountability from Shein or any other people or corporations or vendors who do things like this. Um, what? <clears throat> oh, but like the, the fast fashion industry has really become that. Like you're saying, Sim, as well, the pretty little things that ASOS is a bunch of inspired content. Yeah. But these are also businesses that are, I won't say easy, but accessible for a lot of black women entrepreneurs to get into. A lot of them have boutique sites that get some of the same items that are also inspired by or whatever a lot of these designers. And so there is really there's a lot of difficulty. And I think also it's in the name fast fashion. These niggas don't got time to develop their own ideas. They just whipping out items and like literally taking design plans and just making thousands yeah. of them and selling them. Um, but it makes originality difficult in the industry, and it's just changed it. I thought it was a little bit of the so, consumer. Go ahead, sorry. Mm-hmm. You're probably gonna say something serious. <laughs> uh, he said consumer. That was I a did, serious I, word. I, I did drop consumer, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like the consumer kind of dictates the fast how fast fashion works, in <laughs> mm-hmm. my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I think fast fashion for me is not just cheap stuff, but it's for the trendier person, right? Mm-hmm. So people, I think everybody's like, oh, it's not going to last long. That's mm-hmm. the point of fast fashion. They don't mm-hmm. want it to last long. This is going to mm-hmm. last as long as the trend lasts. Yeah. And then not a lot of classic dressers are going to like fast fashion brands. No shade. I'm just saying like, this is what it is. And so I think when you think about like what's happening right now, is it prints? Is it silk shirts? Is it whatever mm-hmm. that thing is right now? We're going to make a bunch of those, mm-hmm. mass produce them, sell them while they're hot, yep. put mm-hmm. them on sale in a month for like $10, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, and then move on to the next mm-hmm. style, the next trend. And so mm-hmm. I think it becomes like, how do you invest good money or a lot of money or into quality products and the things? And also like, how do you make what's trendy accessible to those who can't afford right. the things? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody can't afford, kind of like what thrifting was back in like the early 2000s or the mid 2000s or whatever, mm-hmm. where it was like, I'm gonna go thrift. I'm gonna go find my like stuff. I'm gonna go find some, some vintage jeans, mm-hmm. some graphic tees. I'm make that my style aesthetic and it is what it is. But and then, now that shit, but now thrift, $50. Oh, this is not thrift no more, right? It's not thrifting. Yes, because everybody- aesthetic. <laughs> it is. And so likewise, so this is like, yeah. how do you then like not, to Lene's point earlier, gentrify what what I think also may have been a practice that was put into practice. Mm, I'm lying. Okay. I was gonna give, I was, I was gonna give them too much. <laughs> I was gonna make them good. I'm lying. Capitalism. Okay. Yeah, it's capitalism. It's a difficult is a thing. <laughs> sure. Because now, so what we hope is that this becomes a warning to the other fast fashion companies. Hopefully, they can, especially if you're using designs from people who you know they can't compete like there's mm-hmm. no way it's not like you're stealing from gucci you know um hopefully this is a warning for them to you know give a percentage back do some kind of like collaboration with these younger designers hire <clears throat> some of them you know like there's so many things so i want to read some of um these ridiculous memes because y'all are really ridiculous <sighs> somebody said uh where is this, this is a specific one Basically, she's trying to find out if this racketeering thing, if this Rico, is going to affect her little little um, belt purchase that she just purchased. Mm-hmm. Somebody else said, this is not going to stop me from shopping, babe. Um, and someone said, you know, oh, yeah, I hope, I sure hope that she and Rico's case don't affect my little belt bag order. So a lot of questions that people have right now is, you know, is she going to be shut down? Mm. Is this going to be their downfall? I feel like probably. And do they have men? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They, do? they have oh. men. They have home. They have babies. They, they have got home. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> they actually was running a sale the other day. So, 
to your question about is she ain't gonna shut down probably so under the name she in Mm. Um, and with the people who might have been yeah. running Shein at that time, because one, another one of these comments says Shein knew it was coming, so they made Timu. They smart for real. Don't come for me, but that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. And even if they didn't make Timu, like there's just so many other outlets where they can put themselves on a platform to keep selling at the prices that they're selling. Now, what's interesting to me is prior to this, <laughs> Obio, your sneezes have joined the conversation. At this point, hey y'all, what's up? <laughs> OBO sneezes have entered the chat. OBO's only going to go, like officially blow his nose. Praise God. Uh-huh. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Because um, I saw something recently, and I think Victor might have shared it as like a potential topic, but some influencers had recently gone to like Shein's factories. Did you see that? Influencers no. had gone to their factories, and it was like little sweatshops. And the influencers were like, they were invited out to tour their facilities, which why would you do that if this is what it looks like? Um, There was, it was just like dirty. It was stuff everywhere, very disorganized. And um, people were like frying them up for supporting Shein. Like, because this is exactly why an American apparel went out of business a few years ago. Um, So these are reasons that should keep folks from shopping, but it seems like this Rico charge information was just like a bigger headline. But we also had to know that that that's what was happening. Um, And that's why I'm also it it hurts our pockets a little bit more. But to see Amazon raising their prices on different like fashion things, it just well, I don't know that it um, implies that. I don't know that it implies that they're paying workers more, but when you when you're getting things for ten dollars, eleven dollars, five dollars, y'all, somebody is only making three cents an hour to make that. Um, yeah. That's and that's another part of the the fast fashion industry. And I just think it's so interesting because even I, I saw, I I vaguely remember like a Nike documentary when I was in grad school taking like one management class, not grad school, undergrad. And it was talking about the allegations Nike had about running sweatshops. And I don't I have to do some more research on how they might have changed that. But some of the people were saying that, well, these people live in third world countries and some wage is better than no wage. And like, even if that's the truth, if capitalism is gone to capitalism, there is still so much room for these. Uh, and this is just Nike in particular, but it applies for the amount of endorsements like athletes get. You can create housing. You can create like good housing to house these people you can feed them like you can pay them a little bit more cents on the dollar to like increase the economy because i've also heard in places and i'm I'm going on a train of thought here but it all makes sense i saw this one girl get her hair braided in south africa and it was down to her ankles and she's like 5 11 and tipped them each like 50 bucks to the service was only 75 bucks people like why didn't you tip more and she said well it'll mess up their economy if i like it'll like cause inflation and really just like fuck up shit if i'm just out here handing 200 tips and stuff like that so things like that come into play but there's still just room to just take care of people who are making these corporations all this money like even if it's just even if you make a million dollars less off your 22 billion dollar yearly whatever the fuck estimate like you yeah. can house these people and take care of them so i don't know this might not be a reason to stop shopping but it's a, it's a rough side to everything lord jesus it should be the hashtag is stop sheen um because i just looked up what you said just now and they are employing babies what? but that's another topic for another day yeah it's really crazy and 
I hope this just like wakes us up to just pay attention to some of where we're putting our dollars and just be a little bit different. Wasn't so there a brand trip? Said, Sorry, go ahead. What? Wasn't there like no, a brand this is a trip to Yeah, that's what I was saying. The sweatshop? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So somebody tweeted, she ain't got a Rico, UPS strike uploading, hotel workers in LA on strike, SCJ, SAG on strike, WGA on strike, and the people fighting for $15 minimum wage on strike. Baby, it's getting hot in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So we can use that to switch gears to what else okay. is going on in our world online. SAG and WGA, man. Um, it's, it's a hot strike summer out here, so I've heard. <laughs> So That's if it. you don't know, WJ went on strike first. Hot strike summer is insane. So I'm finna lie, but I'm, it's true somewhere in this lie. <laughs> so writers and actors' contracts are like a decade long or something. So they're very long contracts. Whatever the number is, is they signed their last contracts before the advent of streaming. So before Netflix came into play and put Blockbuster out of business, is when a lot of people in the industry signed their last contracts. And so there was no language about the use of streaming and how people get their residuals mm. um, from all these like different places. People are doing it subscription-based. subscription You can still track all these algorithm and numbers and data and analytics. It's, I'm pretty sure they got a system up there to do that. But folks aren't really getting paid for real. Kendrick Sampson just put up a post talk about how he just received 56 checks in the mail for his residuals and was like you know I hope these checks are going to help me through this time where I'm not working because being on strike they're not working at all they're not lending their creative services period and he counted 50 of those checks and the total was $86 no together no yeah after counting up the totals of 50 of those checks somebody sent me 56 (laughs) pieces of paper that equaled 87 (laughs) dollars enough to go to sheen Mm -hmm. get a nice haul on sheen that's about it it's not even that nice yeah yeah heavy on the hoodie and some shorts yeah i also saw amanda seals make a post that i thought was really important for people to hear and see Mm -hmm. like there's a difference between your working actor even someone like a kendrick sampson like one of your faves and a tom Mm -hmm. cruise who are making money from the entertainment industry and so she even said that it wasn't until she was 35 she's been acting in the entertainment industry since she was eight it was until she turned 35 and was on a show that ended up being a hit that she got financial stability yeah. from acting. Yeah. And so it's really important for people to know sure. um, when we're thinking about how we how we consume. Um, sure. And so I definitely think there's a lot of onus on the people. We'll see if it's enough the way SAG and WGA are um, approaching it right now. We'll see if it's enough to bring the folks to the table by the folks, I mean, AM. PTA, the American Motion Picture and Television Association. So AMPTA. Yeah. Um, because these folks had the audacity to tell them at their last negotiation what we would like to do is pay background actors for a day of work, use their faces to repurpose in perpetuity, and only pay them once for that one appearance for the day that they showed up. Y'all out your mind. Y'all out your Why mind. do y'all get to get paid consistently as yeah. many times as possible? Because capitalism. But yeah. But I think it's also like people. I think we don't understand how little a lot of artists are respected. Mm-hmm. Like I, people I used to ask me a lot, like why didn't I keep Molly outside of Molly when I was nineteen? Hated it. 
Mm-hmm. Hated it. The mm-hmm. worst experience probably professionally of my life. Really? Like, talk to like you don't have a face. Ooh. Like, I mean, just like hated it. Mm-hmm. And likewise, even acting, similar. Like, it's just not a very, like, I think we look at actors as, oh my God, that's so powerful. They get these awards and the things. But like, I think we don't think of it as a thinking job when mm-hmm. it really, really is. But like, we don't really always mm-hmm. qualify it as such. So people who are behind the scenes who are like filming it and producing it and editing it, those are like the thinkers. They deserve mm-hmm. to be paid. They deserve their their room in the space. But likewise, like models and actors. I remember my first year, he was like, you're boring me. Ooh. Well, I want to fight now. So then, <laughs> so then what? You know what I'm saying? But it was like, you're That's boring. Exciting. You're boring. Anybody else? I'm not going to say any like brand names, but like, you know, you're boring. Anybody else? Is anybody else here? He's boring me. Like, you're not giving me energy. Da, 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 da. It was just like so demeaning. Oh my gosh. And I remember just being like, this is fun for some people. But when we think about like even the Tara Banks show, the biggest thing she said was, I understand like all the backlash she got in a documentary. She was basically saying like, I understand wholeheartedly. And it was a really interesting conundrum or, or a really battle between. Like, um, like try to change the the scope and the perspective of the modeling industry, but also putting them in position to book jobs. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. Like, you're not going to book a job if you don't do these things. Yes. Now, it sucks. You have to do these things to book a job. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you're not going to book. So how mm-hmm. do I prepare you in mm-hmm. a world that says it is what it is? And likewise, these actors and the things. Like, if you're not respected, you're probably going to get paid top dollar, which why Kendrick is opening a $87 slew of checks, which yeah. is insane. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Nobody's thinking about like paying people for the. And he was on not just insecure, but also how to get away with murder. You know how many people rewatch right. how to how to get away with murder? You ever heard that I'm voice? I'm still watching how to get away with murder. I don't know that that voice. Hello. Okay, so <laughs> the other thing is too is that the black and white of it mm. is we are living in a world where there are people who have multiple properties and people who can't even afford to like have a place to live for their actual living space. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about the how they're making this a big thing, like not wanting to pay out these residuals and not wanting to just come up with a better plan to make sure that people are taken care of, it's like these are people's livelihoods where they've accepted that some months I'm going to get paid and some months I'm not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's like the people who are getting paid are the people who can afford those mansions and mm-hmm. yachts and all yeah. of the like the things that they actually don't need. And then there are people who are having to be evicted and having to pull their kids out of schools or having to not eat like this. This is mm-hmm. really that dire for some people. That's the craziness to me that they're letting this go on for this long. Yeah. While knowing working. that. The part that kills me is while wow, working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can afford it while you're not working, whatever. But there are working actors who still cannot afford mm-hmm. it. And I think Taraji P. Henson wrote yeah. this down really beautifully. I think it was like a year or so ago. But she was talking about how, like, if I'm booked to do a movie for five months mm-hmm. and I make $100,000 in that five months, it sounds like a lot of money. That's five months where I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. So that five months was dedicated to this. And then on, of that 100000 you got to pay agents, PR. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you have to pay. And, and not to be whatever, but socialization has made it so much so that Taraji P. Henson cannot go to Target real quick. Mm-hmm. You can't live in a complex with me. Yeah. Like, you just can't do certain things. Yeah. So for your own safety mm-hmm. so it's not so much you want to be this big old gargantuan home maybe you do but a lot of that is safety mm-hmm. and so like what, right. what, what, mm-hmm. what it takes to sustain the celebrity of yeah. the job mm-hmm. and then we judge but there was a guy who was on martin was it martin who was working at Trader Joe's? no was, um, um edwin 
what's from the Cosby show. The Cosby show. show was working at Trader Joe's, I believe, and people were like making fun of him. Mm-hmm. I remember Young Jock was driving Uber. They were making fun of him. It was like, well, people have to get money. Like Young Jock was driving Uber. Mm-hmm. He was in a, he was in an Uber, and it's got to be court him. Aren't you Young Jock? He's like, hey man, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to like, handle my business. But not wrong with that. Like, he has to make yeah. money. But again, we shame these people yeah. for finding avenues to make money because they're not being protected by this by mm-hmm. the system. And I was, and I asked that right. question because that's surprising to me because you see Young Jock like still on posters, still like hosting things on Love and Hip Hop, and so just another example of even working he still has to do these <laughs> other side hustles um Literally. but so for some additional context wga stands for writer guild writers guild of america sag stands for screen actors guild and these are essentially the unions for these types of people there are certain people who belong to both because they do writing and screen acting mm-hmm. but the goal is to not do nothing now if you remember mm-hmm. learning about the advent of unions in america um there are always people who scabbed what scabs are are basically when the corporation is not able to get anyone who actually works there to do the work they'll go outside of the organization to do the work and so what writers themselves writers and actors themselves were were taking to tiktok to say is you influencers and content creators watch your back Literally that, because these people are about to come to you for content. They even asked, they even started asking SAG members and WGA members for content, as shown in some of these comments, and those members said no. Which, you know, influencers are a hot ticket. They asked them to do things like promote um, movies and shows and all these things, and um, writers themselves can't write, can't promote, what? People who are part of projects also can't promote their projects during yeah. this period of time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I ain't going to name no names, but I was offered, and this is how fast things are changing, just for some context. I was offered, you guys know that when certain movies or films come out that are historically related, people come to me because that's just what I do anyways. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was offered to do a video on this particular project that I was actually even excited about and someone who I know and have a personal relationship was in it. And so I got the offer maybe last week or the last week and i was like okay um this sounds good and then the next day i saw the thing about one of these companies being a part of the people who were like we we don't want to pay background actors for more than a day and so that's when i was like okay well even me promoting something knowing they want to put their logos and stuff on my stuff could be weird could be weird behavior so i don't know the next day came hmm? what happened the next day came and then I started seeing actors saying, I can't, once the strike starts, I can't promote my film. So I text my manager and I said, hey, I'm seeing all this information and I'm also seeing people tell like content creators not to take acting or writing jobs. I don't know about this promoting thing. I don't know if that's going to be okay. And they said, well, we did some research on it. You won't be considered a scab for that. So it should be okay. And it's also intimately tied with your line of work. So nobody's going to see you as acting up. And I was like, okay. And I still needed some additional context. So I text the, my actor friend who's in this movie. I said, hey, just got this opportunity. Just want to get some perspective from you. Um, what's helpful to you right now? Because in my mind, I'm like, is it helpful for me to promote your work since you can't get paid and you could use the funds from the streams on your work? Like, is that helpful to you? Mm-hmm. Or is it helpful for you that I just stand in solidarity and not promote the film so the, so the entity itself can feel pressure um, and mm-hmm. also feel the weight of, big name creators saying no to them and the conversation i had was like you know either way whatever like best suits you this isn't 
everybody keeps saying it's aligned with your work. So like literally you should be fine. You probably be seen in Switzerland in this moment. I said, okay, cool. And that's when I finally said to everybody, I said, okay, I'm comfortable. We can go through. Two hours later, SAG drops an article that reads, <laughs> the Screen Actors Guild drops an article that reads, if you're a social media influencer and want to take work promoting a film or TV series for a studio, but you are not SAG SAG-AFTRA member, you might want to think twice. SAG-AFTRA has issued rules during the strike for social media influencers, and even if you're not a member of the guild but one day want to join, you'll be barred from doing so if you take on promotional work for studios and streamers during the strike. Well. <laughs> and so I said, "Never mind, everybody. None for me. <laughs> None for me. No thanks." <laughs> And so you start to see, like, there's a lot of conversation happening um, with different creators who have, like, very large platforms. And obviously, like, a show is something that they want to have. Standing in solidarity, Jasmine um, W. says, very important, longevity over being a pick-me. Um, another, another consumer just says, exactly, it's not an opportunity to break in. It's a setup. And then what's interesting is that the creator who's been a part of these guilds that says, right, and whatever money they offer is going to be low because you're non-union. That's not the case with social media influencers. They really offer us big checks because we are essentially marketing agencies in a bottle. So it is going to be like people are really just going to have to stand strong in the type of money these people are offering for us to promote their project, which I don't know if it's a conversation about fairness. I definitely think actors and writers should be getting paid more. But the way that they use us in terms of advertising dollars is nuts. So that's what I'm saying. I'm hoping that this is going to be enough, the way that they are um, setting up rules and regulations about how people's futures could be impacted by essentially crossing the picket lines. Um, but what other people have also been asking is for people to cancel their subscriptions. And like that is going to be what that would be the thing that makes these people kill over and be like, all right, I'm at the table. I'm sorry. But I don't know if you can expect consumers to do that because cable don't exist no more. Cable is not fun. Yeah. I don't think that's, uh, y'all wouldn't I don't even know way. if they sell. Hmm? I don't know if they still do cable for real. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these people wouldn't even go inside during COVID. So I don't think, uh. that, I don't think that we're going to see a unanimous, like. And your Netflix subscriptions. Yeah, people going to be it. like, what? I got it. We're not going to see a lot of Netflix stuff. subscription anyway because they keep doing that household thing. Oh, they crack it down nuts. on like it's it's very way too much. That I am curious exciting. to see how this affects content creation though. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I think like mm-hmm. you're right, there is no overhead, so we're offered a lot of money to do these projects. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying you don't have to think about like scheduling time at a studio or have to mm-hmm. get producers and all the things. You're able to get use this person's all the things, mm-hmm. and so you're able to pay them more. But I think it's to your point, like, and also I'm thinking about honestly, have not had you not read that, I wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. And as a person who probably is going to be on the screen, on the screen one day, like that would have affected me. But like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't read that. Yeah. I don't know that. I literally sent this. I didn't know what your particular aspiration was, but I yeah. sent this to a group of creators. I spent some time with, and I was like, "Hey, y'all, don't get got." Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are getting got all the time because again, you're seeing people who are being offered a lot of money. And again, I think there's also not a lot of pay transparency for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I, my agency was asking me about like putting out like you know those little videos like how much you made in a month. And to me, they always read very pretentious. Mm-hmm. But I think it does give people perspective on like what money looks like in certain areas. Cause I, I, even with me, I have a running joke with one of my um, colleagues in the in the industry, or whatever, in the social media scope. And like he's been on some of my briefs that I'll be getting sent. I'm on some of his briefs, and I'm always thinking in my mind like, 
how much they offer you though? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, how much did you get from this mm-hmm. job? And a lot of us don't know. And I remember mm-hmm. when I first started getting five thousand dollars a video. To me, was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Five bands for a quick little thirty second video. Let's run it. <laughs> <laughs> but then you realize, oh, like when you start making thirty thousand dollars, forty thousand. But you know, you make mm-hmm. all these money. It's like, oh, that was an option. Mm-hmm. And it's like, likewise, mm-hmm. as actors, you're seeing people who are getting, you know, thirty five thousand dollars an episode or twenty thousand dollars an episode, and people who are not even close to that. You're like. Like the series regular, but all the things that plays mm-hmm. a point, and it just feels like there's not a lot of like safety measures for actors. Because I think, likewise, in actors, a lot of people are struggling again, mm-hmm. audition after audition after audition, maintaining other work while then doing any creative work is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a lot. So I hope this thing is this gets figured out. But it's yeah. a bunch. And they saying um, they're gonna try to wait till folks go broke, and I just can't. I just can't imagine because we're the consumers will unfortunately watch whatever you give them. I was just saying to my boyfriend during the pandemic, after we watched everything, he and I, who never watched reality TV, found ourselves sitting down watching 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days with um, old girl uh, Rose and the other boy. (laughs) Ha ha, you so funny. Remember those memes? (laughs) No? Nobody knows what I'm talking about? It's fine. I'll show you pictures later. But anyway, we're going to be missing things like Stranger Things, um, House of the Dragon, euphoria like a lot of things are not going to come back around for some time for some time um and even it's interesting because i have a scripted project that's it's nowhere near any type of anything right now but also being mindful of that because at first ideas were okay well scripted projects are just going to take off but that's still supporting the streamer and so all of it has to be put on hold (sighs) but yeah it's a lot it's a bunch it's a lot all I just right. wanted to say, oh, though, okay. real quick before we transition, mm-hmm. that um, we have to, we are not living in a world where you can't read. We're not living in a world where you can't be up on socials and AI and all of this stuff. Our world is changing so rapidly mm-hmm. right now, and the way we make money is changing. Mm-hmm. Jobs are no, like, the 9 to 5 is no longer a secure place. Mm-hmm. And it's not secure because we're watching people get laid off because of AI. Mm-hmm. We're watching mm-hmm. everything shift. So with all of us trying to eat off of our creative right now, we have to be tapped in about race. We have to be tapped in about, we have to connect with our people in our community. Mm -hmm. How much is a a decent rate to be paid for this? How much do you get paid for that? How much do you charge for these? Like we have to have these conversations because we got people on the other side being, look at how long they were getting over on this streaming stuff before this even became an issue mm-hmm. that people came together and striped against. Like we, we have to tap in, guys, because mm-hmm. it's really getting out here. Mm-hmm. I think the Gen Z just yeah. don't, and they're like r- running TikTok. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my little young mm-hmm. homies. He, uh, I'm not gonna say no names, but what up, boy? Uh, <laughs> and he had a good following over on TikTok. I mean, like a good number, good loyal following. He mm-hmm. sent me an offer that he was going to accept for a video, and the offer was 500 bucks. What? And I'm talking about he has hundreds of thousands of followers over there. And in my head, I'm like, you're like 23. So I get it. You don't, you just legitimately do not know. And yeah. not only do you not know, the, the company that offered you that was aware that you did not know. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Like, which why these people have fake managers that they're emailing, but it's really them. And mm-hmm. to be taken seriously because people know who they can get over on a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. times, you know? But again, I think Especially you're right. Especially black creators. Oh, if what? I, I will mm. often think about like the things. But anyways, praise God. All right, well, the big kahuna this week, Miss Carly Russell, 
Praise God for you being all right, sister. Yes. And, and wow. Yeah. I about to say, I don't even know where to begin, but I guess the I'm beginning. Say, yeah, can you just break the whole thing down? Yeah. Please? So on Thursday, 7 13, 25 year old Carlethia, aka Carly Russell, and she's an aka also, um, called 911 after noticing a toddler walking on the side of the highway in Hoover, Alabama, which is about 10 miles south of Birmingham. Now, she, okay, after she got off the phone with 911, she <laughs> called a family member, I believe her sister and pulled over to the side of the road and went to check on the toddler. She was still on the phone. She eventually lost contact with the family member on the phone, although the lines stay open, and all her sister heard was a scream, and then her sister was gone. There is tape of, because they told on 911, she told them the mile marker she was at on the highway. And y'all, this was on the highway. Like, yes, it was at night, but it was on the highway where cars are just driving by this whole scene. Um... And you could see that police pulled up 15 seconds later after she was taken. Um, when they arrived, they found her car and her belongings inside with no sign of her or the toddler. Her phone and her wig were there. The story picked up heavily over social media until the Hoover police received a call around 1045 that Saturday that she had returned home on foot. She was taken to the hospital for treatment and later released. But what happened is still unknown to the public. Um, actually, her boyfriend said that she was fighting for her life for the past 48 hours and is unable to speak about it. Um, and people were so nervous because of the long history of police having, have with ignoring missing black women, especially in the South. And now that she returned, ooh, and I saw so many tweets expressing this exact thing. People started making up theories that something else had to be going on and that things didn't feel right. And so the tweet that got me, I'll be open to your, nope, before I say anything, your thoughts. Because <laughs> I don't want to color with the mood that I have. I thought you would color it well. Go ahead. The tweet that I saw yeah. was, how y'all going to pray for her safe return home and then be mad when she get there? The following tweets were the only ending you're okay with in these stories is when they find them dead. <laughs> and so it just said a lot to me. It said, it said so much. We literally always pray to, we have vigil, we have vigils. What are the vigils for? Or have we, or have we been so socialized with horrible things happening in our world and our communities that we just expect people to die? And when they do not, when in fact miracles do happen, all we can elicit is a negative or skeptical response. I think her silence is highlighting the fact that a lot of us are self-aggrandizing. I think a lot of us think about what we want in scenarios versus what the person who's actually dealing with the thing needs and wants. And so I think it's very difficult for the people who are like following or, you know, who want to know the details to take a second to, to again, what you said earlier, she was literally fighting for her life and how traumatic mm -hmm. this was. If mama needs a month to get herself Thank together, you. that should be okay. Um, regardless of what, whether or not you want to know what happened, regardless of, but especially because this has nothing to do with anybody but her. Like, this ain't even like, like if, if something happened, then what are you going to do? You're going to put some money on something. You're going to throw some got dollars. You're gonna, like, none of that stuff is going to happen. But I think people, again, are just like really, really um, big on I want what I want. 
You feel me? And so it's like, I'm not getting what I want. I didn't have to then go into conspiracy move out. Because again, has she made a statement? Has she sat out on a TikTok video, gave y'all very, you mm -hmm. know, hey guys, what happened to mm -hmm. you was traumatic. The cop did this, he did that. They're also saying this. I have to go find me for this. Then you guys would have, be able to support the things. But because you guys have not gotten what you want in this scenario, mm -hmm. you're getting spicy. Mm -hmm. But I think they're also like, people are addicted to being social media detectives and therapists. And it's really getting crazy at this point. Yeah. Like, you guys are not equipped for these positions. You don't have the wherewithal to jump to these drastic conclusions about things you don't have any information about. And as soon as you get a little bit of, oh, okay, black girl gets abducted, you want it to be this big, crazy story rather than wanting to be at peace that this black girl is okay. She's alive. And I remember it happening in real time. Like, I was actually on Threads because I don't be on Twitter no more. <laughs> I was on Threads on, and man. I saw somebody post this beautiful black girl um, saying that she was missing. And so, of course, anytime I see a black girl on Twitter, on Threads, anything who's missing, I always repost it because you just never know who's going to see it. So I reposted it and then I saw that there was like a publicist who was like, we need to really be cracking down on this, making sure we take this seriously. And before you knew it, it was trending everywhere. And the great thing was, it wasn't long after that where it was like, okay, she's been found, she's safe. And immediately I'm like, okay, good. Because that's the, yeah. the response you're supposed to have. <laughs> I was like, who? Praise God. What? Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it's also backwards because my initial, I guess maybe this is just weird on my part, but I, I was under the assumption that she, mama might need a moment. Mm -hmm. Then it's not surprising mm -hmm. to me at all. Yeah. Like, right. y'all have needed moments for your hair dryer breaking. I think this is a little bit more like, come on now. We, I, I, Hello, I, I have went to go to my fridge to get a ginger beer and there wasn't ginger beer in there because I thought it was. And I needed a moment, <laughs> okay, of disappointment. So can mm. you imagine yeah. what this woman has been through? I think she deserves a moment. Yeah. A bunch of them, right. actually. For sure. Right. Because you can't even imagine. And like people, I what was interesting to me um, I guess because I watched enough CSI and or Criminal Minds to have put the pieces together, people kept saying, well, what of the child? The child wasn't missing. I mean, the child is probably missing, but the child was used as like a ploy, bait. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is like customary, though, in sex trafficking incidents for either there to be a child in distress or a mother and child in distress, a single woman in distress, um, and she is used or they are used as bait for someone to come and then and take you. And you can also, I mean, this is what they're describing online. I see why they would say the things that they saw. You can see the video if you just go look it up. But they see somebody's shadow running across um, one of the blue highway signs toward in her direction, people who drove past witnessing a light complexion man by her vehicle. But like these are not scenarios, but literally traps that are set to abduct people. Um, and sex trafficking is real. It's big, especially for black women and girls, like not even just here in America. Atlanta has been in conversation about being the sex trafficking capital of the United States. Um, I've been hearing more about even women in Jamaica um, and going anywhere by yourself in Jamaica is like really dangerous these days because of sex trafficking. So yeah, it's, it's a really crazy thing to be a part of and just like she made it home. Ima like you can just imagine what she would have had to do to do that. 
Right. These senseless acts also trickle into like how we how we support each other as a society, and I think that's also very divisive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because now mm-hmm. people are more apprehensive to want to help somebody on the side of the street. Because mm-hmm. I remember my homegirls was talking about this the other day. She was just like, "I don't know if I would stop if a car was broken down, and needed assistance, or what have you." Because I'm not because I don't want to help, but because I don't know what this is. I don't mm-hmm. know what could happen. Yeah. And I could be trafficked in that very moment. I, something happened to me, and it sucks because now you have people who can't even be good Samaritans as much as they should mm-hmm. or could. Out of fear, not yeah. because you don't want to help the next person. It's kind of like when you ever call like a customer service or been at a TSA line and they're just rude mm-hmm. and like just very abrasive. But I think a lot of that is a byproduct of you've been mistreated for so long that it's yeah. like, I don't got it for you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, hey, I'm not mm-hmm. calling to like get an attitude assist. I just want to know why, 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 why my phone off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But here my last person who called with their phone off was giving me the lip service and the things. Mm-hmm. So again, all of these modes kind of create a society that isn't the most helpful. And I think it's on purpose. I don't think it's an accident that mm-hmm. these things kind of happen. I think, I think it's very divisive and it just sucks. Like goodwill and good acts of kindness and all that kind of things should not be so foreign. But again, it can infringe upon your safety which yeah. is which is not cool. yeah and it's it's funny but it's not funny um i just saw a meme on instagram where you tell your mom you're going on vacation somewhere and two seconds later she sends you a link to someone dying or being murdered in the place that you're about to go and after i had seen all this i got a i remember getting a text from my mom and all i saw come up was no stopping on the highway period and then it wasn't linked to the article. And I was like, well, you know, mom, I wasn't going to do that anyway. Um, <laughs> and you just think, like, you think two things. Maybe not everybody, but I thought of two things. Number one, if I'm in a situation to where I see a problem, how am I going to respond to it? I'm not going to stop. I'm not. Gonna, if I do stop, I'm not going to get out of my car. If I'm on the highway, I'm going to hope that it's in one of those places where you can just drive up the next exit and come back around. Because I'll stay on 911 until, like, somebody comes for this child, but I'm not stopping and getting out the car. Because just as a black girl, mm-hmm. as a black girl, I think about getting taken. I literally, I think about getting taken. When I got my new car, it had, like, a bunch of different options to configure things. And the man said, do you want both doors to unlock when you press the unlock button? I said, nope just my mm-hmm. door like and just like literally thinking about these things to to take care of my safety and it's and it, it's a point of just like funny contention for me and my boyfriend when we get in the car because i get in and sit down and he's still trying to open the door because it's locked but i have it that way for my safety and i literally mm-hmm. when i'm anywhere i look at it it's because i have military parents and my, my both of my parents have ptsd so they do certain things that have taught me just how to be more aware or they experience mm-hmm. certain things that have taught me how to be more aware but i look for exits like i think about if dangerous situations are to happen like what's going to be my e- exit strategy now would i actually be able to act on those things in a moment of terror and a moment of being surprised and we don't know if she had to tap into her particular set of skills to get up out of wherever she was at. And there. you think about taking, teaching you a lot of things, but are you going to be able to think to yell out descriptors of your attacker in the moment? You just don't know. Um, and so Victor shared some lovely stats, not lovely stats, but just like information about sex trafficking when it comes to our communities and the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, sexual exploitation reports that roughly 40% of sex trafficking victims in the United States are black. This is partly because sex traffickers go for vulnerable populations that will cause the least amount of attention. And so that was something else that was coming up Mm. in online conversation that because this case garnered so much attention, they dropped her off somewhere. And so the police and the media neglect our women and it just feeds into a cycle of why we go missing so often. And also like the cases being ignored, like 
to your point of feeding into purposefully feeding into a place where goodwill is like people are skeptical what skeptical about engaging goodwill there's also this cycle of we know y'all don't care about these girls so we're gonna take them whether it be for sex trafficking whether it be for organ harvesting like these are communities of people similar to the Dahmer situation like we're in communities where people don't care about people go missing um, yeah. and, and what's so fortunate for her situation is that she had enough wherewithal to call somebody else and have been on the phone when she went missing, because if she had just gone missing and even if it was a thing, well, I know she was coming home tonight or my sister never not calls me before she goes to bed. Even if there are all these things, police are going to say, well, you have to wait a 48 hour period. 48 hours would have been too right. late. It would have been done. And 45, 48 hours is often always too late um, before someone is unable to be found again. Um, but even further, this this disproportionate sex trafficking rate is also because the people who facilitate the trafficking believe they'll receive a lighter sentence if they're caught trafficking black women, according to a study on the Urban Institute. That's nasty work. Y'all know I get to yelling, but it just infuriates me when over and over again we pulled the receipts that show that we are correct when we say that y'all hate us. Not just black girls. Racism is real. Y'all do not like us, and it is manifested in so many ways to the point where literal criminals are like, even if I do get caught, it's not that bad because I took a black girl. What? The crime I'm doing. And, and sure. even... On the other side of it, getting into this work, it's not so bad if I'm taking black girls. For what? sure. Who's surprised? Somebody Slavery. Surprised? What? Is somebody surprised? I'm confused. Nobody's surprised. Just saying it out loud it's makes insane. your skin crawl. It's insane. It's insane. And then the very last piece um, is also not something that we're surprised at all about. But the adultification of black girls that has existed since they brought us over here, assuming that black girls are somehow more sexually advanced than other children because of our bodies. Wow. <sighs> this is wild. I just, I wanted to speak to, um, because I don't want us to think that even with some of these like cautionary methods we take by you know, not getting out of our cars or mm -hmm. um, not responding to some of these situations directly, we're not still at risk. And I just wanted to give two examples. Um, there was a girl recently on Instagram, I think it was, she spoke about how her and her man went out to a restaurant for her birthday celebrating. Um, she decided that she was going to drive back because I guess he had had a couple margaritas or whatever and she opens her car door gets in her car and remember she's drinking she's celebrating her birthday and she's suddenly not feeling well but she's attributing it to the alcohol but mm. then she's not feeling well to the point she can't breathe and so they end up calling a doctor luckily her man is there with her and when they get her to the emergency room they track poison in her body Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure out, well, did somebody put something in my drink? Did somebody this, something that? So they're asking her, what did you two do today? Long story short, they find that there was a tissue. Well, she did mention that there was a tissue that was in her door handle that she had removed. And they traced the tissue and found out that there was poison on it. And it became a big story that a lot of traffickers will put 
something in the door handle that contains some kind of poison on it. Mm-hmm. And by you taking it out, you can contract whatever is on there and it can, you know, some, some of it, it's just like pass you out for a second so they can get you from one location to the other. And I just share that to say, there's so many ways mm-hmm. that trafficking is becoming prevalent and there's so many things that, cause sometimes it's, it's not even just a stranger. Some people are trafficked internally from friends that you mm-hmm. you meet or you connect with. And there's not really a solution, mm-hmm. you know, to not being a victim. The most that you can do is pay attention to who you surround yourself with, pay attention to your surroundings. Um, but just keep in mind that these things are real and they're happening. And I don't know, the world's on fire. I don't have a solution for it. But don't think that you are just by not involving yourself in in certain things you're just you're safe because you're not sorry yeah i think it's like more risk management Mm -hmm. than it is like solutions you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. yeah lower your chances you see a tissue leave it there call you i don't know (laughs) call an uber i don't know you know those things are really real and it becomes a very difficult I mean, being black, man, is a very interesting experience <laughs> within itself. Yeah. Um, but, I, but, I, but I think it's very interesting that all the measures in which we take, even for myself, I think, like, safety measures as a black person in general, right? I'm not, sleeping, mm. I'm not sitting with my back to the door in a restaurant. It's just not mm. happening. Like, it's just never mm-hmm. happening. Right. And I think about, like, just the P- You mentioned PTSD. I did a study in, in college where it's still, like, people from urban areas, urban, you know what I mean by urban areas, mm-hmm. um, experience more or have PTSD at greater levels than people who were like in like World War One or two or like, mm. in like, a, like a war. And mm-hmm. I think, but it wasn't surprising to me at all because I think about the ways in which you're raised in these areas and things you have to do, things to be mindful of, the deaths you see, like all of these things. And it's a very interesting space to then challenge or put on this young black woman. Because even now, I think about me being in car accidents mm. and like, not car accidents, I'm sorry, my car being broken into, my cousin mm. broke into a few, a few, a few times. Mm-hmm. And a little piece mm-hmm. of me, not long, right, I'm very, I'm dragging it, but like a little piece of me, if I leave my car like in a public space, like a like a deck or something, I'm like, please let my window be knocked out when I get back to it. Just because mm-hmm. it's, it's happened like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what she's going to carry oh driving down the street from now oh on? God. Like, it's no way and I'm then- stopping I'm not getting in an Uber. I'm not like I'm just not trusting yeah. of environments anymore. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very tough weight and a heavy weight to carry for anybody, but especially this young yeah. black girl. Yeah. And a, a everyday act like driving a car is a pretty everyday thing, especially living in Alabama, which is not a very metropolitan city. So you have to really be mindful of the fact that you got to drive this car, go to work, the things. Carrying the fact that I was just driving my car the other day, and all this happened to me, and all this stuff that we still don't know what happened in her in between time that could affect literally every waking moment of her life. Whether she rolled out at a stop sign, and that's a, just an image that flashes in her head, and now she, like yeah. we don't know. And then to the point, even about the tissues, I saw some, some TikToks like months ago about them putting the little zip ties on your car door. And that being oh, yeah. signals, like if they've like tracked your movements, like this, this is a signal that this person can be easily taken because they're always here alone at this point in time. Um, I remember you said this thing about an Uber. I just saw this girl talk about the other night. She was in t- Thailand, I believe, and literally just turned her phone on and started um, talking to the driver. 
um, you speak English? And he's like, no, I don't speak English. And she's like, your friends speak English? Because he was talking to somebody and texting somebody. And he said, he was just like pausing. She said, well, put him on speaker. I will fucking kill y'all if y'all don't take me to the airport. I'm, my, my map is on and I saw you miss the turn once. You just missed it again. He understood everything she said, but don't speak English. I want to hang with her. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Me and her need to go out. And I had a similar experience myself. I was flown out to LA for work for something. Once I finished on set, I got, usually they have a car service, but they just called me an Uber because I think we were longer. They called me an Uber. So I'm in here with my bags. I came straight from the airport. I'm in here with my bags. I'm by myself. And I know that where I'm staying is like six minutes from my hotel. I'm in a car for six minutes. In a hotel. In a hotel. So I turn on my GPS. I'm 11 minutes away from my hotel. And the person driving my car, there's a language barrier. At least they like present to me as if there's a language barrier mm-hmm. and they're Asian. And I said, um, are you going the right way? And he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, my GPS says you need to turn at this light. And I just started directing him as if I wasn't the person who lived in L.A., you know, in this area, was driving Uber. And I directed him all the way back. And to a point where I didn't even know where the the address that put us in just wasn't like the firm address. Um, Mm -hmm. Meaning like sometimes you can just an address might not take you to the door of something. I got out like near an alley i said i'll get out right here and i'll walk i don't know where it is but i'm getting out right here and i'm walking um but it was just one of those things where i could it could have very well been fine it could have been a language barrier he could have not understood but but had i not i can't risk it these days because i clearly look like a lick i'm traveling i'm traveling by myself yeah that's real It'll get oh, up nice. with somebody like me though. So, <laughs> so, so make sure it's cute because it'll go there with me. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm just, uh. And it was gonna go there with her. She did like I'm not. I'm not exaggerating what yeah. she said. She said I will fucking kill you if you don't take me to like right now today. It'll be me and you boxing in this backseat if I don't get we will to. Go at it. They gonna think yeah. something's wrong with me when they get here. Yeah, I'll be it. keeping my keys in my hand, like yeah, deciding sure. how I'm gonna put them through my fingers as my home brass knuckles <laughs> and get you in the side of the neck one time. Yeah, like, and it sucks that we, it's, it's funny, but we it's have to crazy that way. Have to. And that's what I'm saying. I think when you talk about people who are from urban areas having had that same idea, that same logic, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's just wild to think that like, even outside of those scopes, even in, in, in the world as a black person, as a marginalized person, I have so many queer friends who have been thrown out of airports, I mean, thrown out of Ubers, mm-hmm. and have been blatantly just dished, I don't want to take the ride anymore, but you show up with your friends and your crop tops, whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. And then you have black women who, to your point, like who are showing them, okay, maybe I can get her, maybe I can, and also being in a city you don't know, I, I can't count the amount of times that somebody has had a better route Mm-hmm. Uber. Oh, traffic no, will be crazy. You. Every time in New York, it's never, they don't, sorry, Sam, but they <laughs> never follow the joint. It's always like, oh, now we can go up this street. We can take, we, we can take up 4th Street, 4th Avenue. Girl, follow the, yeah, the we'll joint. Yeah, I'm paying. Because, and mind you, I, I've, I've asked somebody once, and I was an Uber, I was like, hey, like, because the GPS was like in his lap. His phone was in his lap. I was like, hey, do you mind like, propping the GPS? I can see it as well. I'm, I'm watching it with you. I know you can watch it on your phone, but I want to make sure that you are seeing what, what's going on too. And you're either consciously making lefts when you should be making rights. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, I'm a consciously throwing hands in the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. I need to know what's happening. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because it's about to go. But you're right. We have to think about it in these ways because it's not foreign to us. It's not crazy. It's not left field. It's not unlikely. It is a very real possibility that things can go that we've seen with police brutality we've seen in all these areas where people are just jogging and end up dead people are just mm-hmm. walking and end up dead people are just in you know what i'm saying just doing very mundane things and end up not here anymore but, but i will say okay it's crazy but hear me out mm-hmm. um historically 
it's not as crazy as we think. Like, y'all know things like, for example, rape just became um, something illegal in, like, the 60s. You know, we come from a historically, like, very violent society. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're seeing now is that more people are saying things are wrong. And we're seeing them on social media. Bless you. Bless you. Like, even the whole thing about, like, Save Our Girls. When did that happen? In, like, 2018, 2019? Bless you. Like, black girls were going missing at an insane rate. And somebody had to come together to be like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Like, we're stopping this today. But Mm -hmm. it's been happening so long. I think that we're a little appalled right now because it's, like, as advanced as we seem to be, Mm -hmm. like, maybe we, maybe this shouldn't be as prevalent. But what is, what are we still getting wrong? Are we appalled or are we fed up? Cause I'm not. I think I'm appalled. I'm not. I don't know if I'm appalled. Like I'm not even surprised. Mm-hmm. Cause like I know this has happened for forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just kind of like dog. Like we still doing this. I, I had a moment on my flight to Philly on Sunday. I, took, I did a turnaround trip. I went there at like uh, seven in the morning. I mean nine in the morning and came back at like seven at night. But I was in first class, headed there, right? Mm-hmm. And I was the only black person there. Mm-hmm. And it made me sad, honestly, because mm-hmm. I was in my mind like, I mean, I get it. First class is not a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not and trying to sound, and I ain't trying to sound stuck up about it. I'm just very tall, and like mm-hmm. economy is just very mm-hmm. uncomfortable for me, like severely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't make any. I have nothing. It, listen, I, I can smell the blood clots brewing as I sit back <laughs> in the economy. But, but um, but yeah, it was just like you know, and I felt extra accommodated for. And I think there was a little bit not not racism, but I think it was racial, right? Like just kind of want to make sure that you are accommodated for in this way because the only person there is very noticeable. Um, but but I just think about the ways in which we're still the onlys mm-hmm. in certain spaces, we're still the first mm-hmm. in certain spaces, mm-hmm. and how that does influence our space we in, the space we take up in this world. And it's just I don't know. I just think as a black person, it's very interesting to be conscious of all the things you are conscious of and conscious of them in the midst of trying to have a good time. Mm-hmm. That's the part that gets me the most. Oof. Sister having her birthday and now she getting poisoned with the with the tissue with like, a napkin. Oh, what? Can she, can she go have some dinner with her man and for her like, birthday? And it sounds. I'm not trying to trivialize this in any way, but it makes me think of that thing that you repeat that Obio said many times on this show. Like you're lame for poisoning the tissue and putting it on somebody's car. And expecting to nap what are them. we doing? What are we doing? Like you didn't feel like doing that? Yeah, like what you're kind whack. Of was it? You're whack. You went to like you didn't feel stupid like brushing the poison on a tissue in your basement at home. Where did you get the poison? But it's called crazy, is what it is. Um, like what? So uh, people were talking also about how there was no Amber Alert sent out for her. Um, as you know, Amber mm. Alerts are things created um, to let you know like a child is missing or something like that. But in cases for black people without substantial evidence of an abduction, they will refuse to send out an Amber Alert, which means essentially you're on your own to find your child. And like black people mobilize. This reminds me of a few things and I'll get to them. But black people have to mobilize. And even over the course of history, black militias have been developed to protect our own communities um, because we'll literally be on our own um, if the powers that be or officers police units don't see this case as serious so to combat the lack of effort to find black children california state senator stephen bradford just introduced an ebony alert in march it's called um mm. senate bill 637 it will create an alert system specifically for black children and women when they go missing um because 
not just like evidence of an abduction. Like if you're, if they're, you have to have reasonable cause to believe that a child has been abducted. And if they're taken by a family member, you need reasonable cause to believe that they would be in danger with that family member. And, um, you know, race specific Amber Alerts are not new. There have been fe feather alerts. Feather alerts are used for missing indigenous people. So um, I think to your point about being the onlys, I'm fed up with us still having to have specific things to care about us as if we're not we're not regular people. individuals Humans. and and like that's the thing that be killing me like people swear up and down black people are just so hung up on race no bitch y'all are hung up on race it's you you're the problem it's you we're hung up on safety we're hung up on safety <laughs> and we want to be treated just like everybody else but y'all continue to single out black americans and treat them poorly and make them disadvantaged because you refuse to offer your resources towards us and so and then gaslight us when you don't and then gaslight us <laughs> when you don't and um the way black women and girls are taken it also just reminds me like historically connecting to the um, fugitive slave act of 1850 there was a fugitive slave act of 1750 which just meant that if you if you were if you were run away you would be returned but fugitive mm -hmm. sl slave act of 1850 essentially meant open season and now people are hiring bounty hunters to go and get runaways um, even if after they crossed the northern lines. And so under the guise of this legal parameter, people were literally kidnapping black people. That's how Solomon Northup's 12 Years a Slave story, like we were not even able to have that because that's a horrific story to have. Imagine being free, having a family, and now you're enslaved for 12 years and having to experience things you as a full-grown free black person never even touched. But in the way that he was taken, he was poisoned after going out with people who were inter interested in his talent. Like, yeah, come out with us. Like, we want you to make money and we think you could do this, that, and you have to poison that man. All of a sudden, he is enslaved. And I just can't see it being any different for the black women, girls, children, people who wake up in these same exact positions, completely hoodwinked and be bewildered. Um, because nobody care about us. It's, it's extremely sad. <laughs> like, I'm, I guess I'm trying to find better words, but it's extremely sad. And you said something earlier. I don't know what you were saying. You were talking about the over-sexualization mm -hmm. of black women. Mm -hmm. And I think about the ways in which that has been so normalized. Mm -hmm. The idea that you have to put more clothes on because there's somebody here who sexualized you at 10. Mm -hmm. Or the things, you know, at like, 10. you know, and you have some shorts that most people wear when it was warm in your home and that being an appropriate dress and like just all the ways in which women like I think about all the even dress code regulations throughout grade school, right? Like fingertip limb skirts and like all those things that again are put into place um, so that a man won't sexualize you and then the, the idea of a man sexualizing you doesn't come with adornment, which is very interesting. I think we need to investigate that even more, right? Like you being sexualized doesn't come with respect or does, does not the mm -hmm. social understand that you'll be respected, right? There's a social understanding that you being sexualized will come with um, violence you know what I'm saying and it's just very interesting to me when I think about like if you sexualize a woman to me that could be a beautiful thing like you know what I'm saying like, like again I want to take care of her I want to blah 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 but we've seen so many times where consent isn't a part of that sexualization of a woman often you know what I'm saying like all these moments in which uh, just socially we have seen black women as protectors of black men and um, what is the word? And as targets. And I think when they take 
agency to then say, I don't want to be that anymore. You are met with a lot of pushback. And I, and I want to see that that shift because I think it's very unfortunate. I'm, so, you, Sam? I want to be real quick. Okay. I was going to just respond to your point that I think that's because the sexualization of black women is not looked at as an intimate experience. Mm. Right. Like, you're not, you don't see sex with a black woman as a thing of love and compassion. They see it as a thing, first of all, that black women exist to be used for. We are a punchline. We are some kind of horror story. Like, we're a thing to be of amusement, not a person or a human being to have an experience with. And that's why, you know, when we talk about even this story with this young lady being found, that's why the response was a response. And that's why when we talk about these tragedies that happen to black women, we expect that black women experience tragedies. We're yeah. not looking at them as we would look at people. If this was a little white girl mm -hmm. in this story, we would be having a very different conversation because a lot of these people look at little white girls as a little white girl that they raised or a little white girl they used to be, or they see this as a, a pure, a fragile human being. Like, oh my God, how could this happen to her? No one is trying to dig into, nah, it must have been some more behind it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how could someone do this to a human? You know we don't crazy? get that. What's crazy, just real quick, what's crazy as I was listening to you just now, it's funny because people see black women as fragile enough to take, but strong mm. enough to endure it. Dang. Go ahead and write the book. I'm just saying, so which We're one done. is it? Episode's over, JK. <laughs> Um, like which one is it? Come on! So she's strong enough to endure the fact that she was taken, and get back right and do the things as a black woman. But you thought she was fragile enough to take her? I don't get it. I think it's a full circle conversation because what you said was also really powerful, Sam. Like people expect black women to experience tragedy. So even when we're talking about something like Tory Lanes, they expect black women to be harmed and like there's no big deal to be made about it because there's an expectation of it and I was scrolling down here to look at some of the tweets and I was almost like thrown off because the way some of these tweets are so they're spoken as if they're facts I had to go and google real quick like did we miss something that just happened today or like last night these people are saying things like I'm you put it out there on the internet with your tag name so I'm gonna say your name because you ought to be shamed um, Saka Jarifa. Yeah, Saka. Carly Russell, dumbass, filed a fake police report. She should have just called her mom and went missing. Shorty is an idiot. If she had not filed a police report, they wouldn't have been able to prove she's lying about being abducted and she wouldn't have to be held accountable. Somebody else. What? Wait, Carly Russell, bitch, if you stage your own kidnapping because your boyfriend broke up with you, I'm going to personally throw your ass in the damn trunk myself. Um, what else? I think those are pretty much it. But those things like threw me off because like I said, you're saying them as if they're facts. None of this has been reported. Absolutely none of it. And so for this type of conversation to be proliferating online so much so that people are reading it and saying this is what happened and then completely debunking this girl's story because it is better to assume that a black woman would just want attention than deserving attention mm -hmm. is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I don't think we deserve nothing. I don't think we deserve anything. And it's and nuts me to back, me. 
What did you say? It just brings me back to when they said, um, like, these tweets bring me back to the Megan thing when someone was like, it's not like he was trying to kill her. She was hurt. Yeah. That's what I'm like, saying. why is that not enough? Yeah. That's all we saying. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Thank y'all for listening. <laughs> I don't know what there's. Okay. We can talk in circles about this, but y'all, y'all have the tweetable or threadable moments. What you say? Black women are fragile enough to take, but strong enough to endure it. Um, we expect black women to experience tragedy. And what did I say? The future of slaveback got me. And, future and, and that, yeah. that wasn't even the notes. You it wasn't even notes. I ain't gonna lie. You got dates and everything. I said, I don't know. Okay. Somebody in middle school. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> Twice. Um, when did slavery end? Tell mm, them. Hold, hold on, Greg. They deserve to be hurt, not attention. What? Whatever. You can rewind it because I said it. I just thought it was nice. I don't have anything else yeah. for y'all. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, guys. Nope. Protect black women. No further questions, yeah. Your Honor. That's it. All right, y'all. Be safe. Bye. Peace. Bye. Is there a high? Is there a heart in the house tonight? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> this is this hard for me. <laughs>